Crosswinds family and friends, welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and really practical instruction in what we hope will be a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Let me give a special shout out to our executive producer, Elijah Merrill, and our uh, our producer, uh, Sheldon Boyce. They work every week to put these podcasts out, and they work so hard doing that. And so uh, I I shared my appreciation to them, and I share my appreciation to you, the listener. Uh, Thank you for taking time out of your business schedule and allowing us to sort of invade your space. Um, If you find these podcasts helpful, please share them with a friend or family member. As always, if you want to learn more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. Well, here we are. We're in our second week of Advent, our podcast at least, second week of Advent. Uh, At the time of this recording, it's the Friday before the second Sunday of Advent. And I, I shared briefly last week that Advent really is the Christmas season. Um, but uh, and when we think of sort of the Christianese uh, Advent, what, what are we talking about? Well, it's a way of us um, building up the anticipation of the celebration of Christ's birth. Christ has come. We know that over 2,000 years ago, Christ was born. But we every year just set it some time aside, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, to just anticipate that celebration Last week, we talked about expectant hope. And of course, each each Sunday of the of the Advent season, we light a candle. The hope candle was last week. The love candle was this week. And, and it's just talking about different aspects of what Christ has brought into our life, the fulfillment of the promises of Scripture in and through the life of Christ. And so this week, we're going to be looking at expectant love. And I have back in the studio with me, Wendy Emerson. Wendy, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Thanks for having me, Craig. And then Betty Ryan is back with us. Thank you so much again for being a part of this episode. Episode as we talk about expectant love. Privileged to be here. <laughs> and so when we look at really um, expectant love, we're, we're talking about a word for love, really, that the New Testament makes really clear for us. So in, in the Greek language, which most of the New Testament was written in, there are several words used for love. But when we talk about the love that God offers us, primarily and more fully, we're talking about what's known as agape love. And that's that's a profound love. It's a love that's selfless. It's unconditional love. And that's the love that God offers us. And that's the type of love, by the way, but when many people say, well, if God knew what I did or what, I've, what I'm doing, and the reality is, by the way, let me let you in on not such a big secret if you read Scripture. He does know what you did. He does know what you're doing. He knows what you're going to do. So I want you to consider that for a minute. And yet his love is complete toward all of us. Um, now, that doesn't mean that he approves of everything we've done. It doesn't mean that we won't suffer the consequences of the things we've done. But it does mean two things, that his love is constant and that the, the ultimate consequence of what we've done, because the, the Scripture tells us the wage of sin is death, um, will not be upon those of us who have received Christ as Lord and Savior, because the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, that he's paid that price. And, and so sometimes I think Christians, when we think about love, this word is so abused um, whether it be in the world or even in Christianity, because we like to define love in our own terms. And I think that's where really expectant love, really, we find ourselves feeling like we've, you know, other people have failed us in this. You know, we failed ourselves. God's failed us because we have this description of what love is, you know. Um, and I think of it this way. Um, my, my, gra- my grandson, Liam, he, uh, he has a habit right now. He's three years old. And if he's getting in trouble, 
he'll say, but I love you. Like, like, but I love you. And it's like, oh, yeah, I love you too. It's time for time out. And, and, and I think sometimes, uh, no, I know that we do this. Like we're going through a difficult time. And, and sometimes that difficulty isn't something that we brought upon ourselves. But if we were to be honest, probably more times than not in life, we have made decisions that, that we have to admit uh, we have a part in, in, in the heartache now that's happening to us. And, and, and we go, well, if God loved me, and it's like, well, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, there's still some consequences, earthly consequences of these things. Thank God there's no eternal consequences to those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Um, but, but the reality of it is we have to define, my whole point, we have to define love the way God defines love. You know, my grandson, it's weird. He's three, and he's not any different than me sometimes with God, where I'm like, Lord, if you loved me, oh, you know, that's what that's what Liam's saying. If you love me, you won't put me in time out. Well, God, if you love me, everything's going to be perfect. He's like, yeah, that's called paradise. You're not living there right now. Like you're still living in a fallen world. You're still you're still dealing with that old self. You know, and that's the that part of me that 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 still has to die every day until I see Christ face to face, and then I don't have to worry about that old part of me anymore. But that's prone to wander, prone to be selfish. Um, but in Christ, as I grow in Him, that part dies more and more. As I'm focused on Him, I'm able to to express His love, receive His love. But but there's just that inner struggle, and I think I think if we were to all be honest, wh- whoever's listening to this, you know, if we we're all just to be honest. Part of our frustration, and, and dare I say with God, yeah, I'm just making sure I don't get struck down. Okay, yeah, it's safe to be honest. Um, you know, our expectation of God sometimes is, is so outside of what he shares in Scripture, and then we say God has let us down, when the reality of it is we, we've painted a picture that isn't of him. But God's love is perfect. He defines love, and so that's where we're to embrace him at. Does that, does that make sense? Wendy, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I was listening to you talk about Liam, and I just think about from a parental perspective, right? And and God is our almighty father. And what it says in 2 Timothy 3, like his inspired word, this love story of, you know, creation, fall, redemption, all of the, you know, this restoration, our parents need to correct and rebuke us in the midst of our choices and decisions. And I think that's a part of love. I think that's a part of that all-encompassing love to restore us to that relationship, that right relationship that's focused solely on him. So I think love isn't just this romantic, you know, sunshine and roses and it's all going to be perfect. I think it's it's the whole of the relationship of love that we have with our creator. Mm. That's good. That's good. Betty, thoughts? I think our love is so conditional. Mm. You know, so you said it. And that's the only word that I could really think of in my mind is it's conditioned on the expectations that I have for you if my love will be exhibited correctly, you know, if you will. And then I thought about the way God teaches us, and he teaches us true love, you know, the kind of love that we won't see here amongst each other because we are human and we have, you know, failures, you know, we're... He is infallible. We are not. Did I say that right? Yes. Yeah. And um, when I think of the love of my dad, I've often used this analogy or the love that I have for my children. My love for my children doesn't change depending on their actions, but boy, my actions toward them do, you know? And so are my actions always in the best 
Probably not, but God's actions are always for our best, you know? So I feel like love is almost unexplainable, mm-hmm. certainly when you consider it from God. It's it's because in my finite mind, I, I struggle I struggle with, with understanding how immense that is. Yeah, and I, and I find myself going back to the same questions that I've answered through Scripture. In other words, God's answered them in Scripture, so I bring them to Scripture. But then I still wrestle with them, right? And so, you know, I'll say, well, why is there pain in the world? And then you go in Scripture and say, we live in a fallen world. And, you know, we know, all, we know the answers. If you study Scripture, it's there. But then we go, but why is there pain? You know, and it's, 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 it's no different than, you know, sometimes I find myself no different than my, my three-year-old grandson, you know, who asks the same question over and over again. You get the same answer. And, and why? You know, he's in a why phase. And any parents out there know how exciting that can be. But, you know, you give the answer why. And sometimes it's to, no conclu- to no real reasonable conclusion. You've answered the question. And I find that with God, I find myself doing that sometimes where, like, I'm, well, why? Well, why? Well, why? And I'm reading the scriptures and I'm realizing, you know, that he's answering these questions. And I have to then just stop and say, like you said, Betty and Wendy, no, God's a God of love. I got to rest in him. I got to trust him. And I was thinking about, you know, God's love for his people is expressed throughout the, the whole entirety of the Bible. Um, and even, yeah, it's even in the Old Testament, it's interesting. I hear people say, well, the New Testament's a book of love. Well, so is the Old. I mean, the whole the whole of Scripture. Uh, I think one of the probably, I don't know, who am I to say this, but I wish we ha- didn't have an Old and New Testament. We should just have Scripture uh, because sometimes when we look at that, we think there's a different God, but he's the same God. He's consistent. His love is consistent. But I, I want you to just consider this verse from Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have continued my faithfulness to you. Now that sounds like something that's being spoken to God's people during a time of of relative um, ease, but it's not. It's actually being spoken while God's people are in exile. Uh, They're not in the promised land, and they were probably wondering if God had abandoned them. Uh, that that's the question, and and even if he hadn't sort of abandoned them, could lo- could God's love reach them outside of the promised land? Um, during that time, um, there were regional deities, and so even God's people might have been tempted to think, well, God is is the God of the universe, but He really resides in the promised land. We're not in the promised land anymore. So, and God says, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you always, and and my love and my faithfulness is is true no matter where you're at. And so through his prophet, God, God speaks to those in exile and affirms that just as he led Israel into the wilderness, protected them from the sword of the Egyptian armies, so his loving kindness will support his people even in exile. And, and, I, and as we talk about this, this Advent um, week of, of, talk, of focusing on Christ's love, I, I want to remind us of two things. Number one, we too live in exile. Like we're east of Eden, right? And we desire to get back to paradise, which we will not do until either we die or Christ returns. And so there is that inner struggle. But the good news is that even here, east of Eden, God is with us. His love is still true. And I think we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, but you know, when we experience God's love today and understand and embrace it, it's a foretaste of the complete enveloping of his love that we're going to experience when we're in heaven. It doesn't mean his love's less here. I just mean that the, the difficulties of life can lessen our understanding of it. When we're in heaven, that's why I believe we're going to be in awe, you know, for so long of just, wow, you know, this is how profound his love really is. But 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 understand that, that the love that we experience in Christ today, it, we experience 
in exile, but we experience it. And the psalmist proclaims in Psalm uh, 36, 5, you know, he says, Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. In other words, it's limitless is what he's using as picturesque um, language, but he's saying it's limitless. It it has no end. And so when I'm having an issue with, with realizing God's love for me, I've got to start with, for me, I'm speaking of myself, I have to start with this fundamental understanding that it's not, a, it's not a fault of God, it's not a limitation on His love, the limitation's me, that, that I'm looking either in the wrong place, the wrong way, it, it's me. And so God, help me be in alignment with you to understand your love, because if I don't understand His love for me, there's no way I can love myself. And I know some people say, well, well, wait a minute, are we supposed to love ourselves? We are, we are. And if I'm not loving, if I'm not receiving God's love, no way of loving, I can't truly love others the way that he wants me to, at least not out of an agape love, which again is selfless, unconditional love. Um, and so that's that's just sort of profound. You know, we think about the difficulties we face, but yet God's still loving. How do we embrace that love? And so, but you talked to me a little bit about that, you know, embracing God's love in the midst of of this world. Yeah, I think we see such a limited view of this world that we assume we understand it. And so my love is uh, contingent on what I see. And, and I can't begin to understand that there's a bigger picture. So when I don't get the job that I wanted or whatever happens in my life that I don't think is the way that, oh my gosh, you should bless me with this. I've worked so hard or I've this or I've that, but there's such a bigger picture. And and if I could see the bigger picture, maybe my mind, I would hope that my mind would change and I would say, okay, I so appreciate this. I'm not questioning your love anymore, but that's faith, isn't it? <laughs> And so may I love as a choice in faith, not as um, something that is contingent on my understanding of a particular situation. I was trying to find a verse, you know, here, and I think it's in Jeremiah, but he says to the people, and I'll remember, I'll never forget when I read this verse. I feel like I read it for the first time. It was a few years ago. And he says, man, I thought you're my children. You know, he loved as his children, and he kind of says, I wanted you to love me like your father. You know, and I feel like in that sense, he's he's uh, he's reaching out to the people to let them know his love, his complete, full love for them. And uh, again, that analogy of the parent and the child is just lovely. So, and I, you talk about expectations and mm-hmm. right expectations. There's a great book out there called The Five Love Languages, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you what I like and don't like about the book. Uh, what I like about the book is is that we're all wired differently. And so if you really want to show love to somebody, it makes sense that you would want to figure out what do they consider love. In other words, you know, um, you know, maybe it's gifts, maybe it's time. You know, all, they give five of them, and, and it's brilliant in that way. What bothers me is, is how selfish. So my love language isn't this. And so if someone loves me in a way that's not my love language, and I'm not going to receive that's selfishness. And so I like the book because it can help you. If you're from the standpoint of, I want to love someone in a way that will really speak to them, that's beautiful. If you're reading the book and say, well, that's just not my love language, well, you're being selfish and need to get over yourself. And so there's a positive and negative, and I don't think the book brings out the negative part sometimes uh, of people just being selfish and saying, well, I want to be loved. Just be thankful you're loved. You know, and, and, and I think when I think about that too, like I have a love language that I want from God. You know, like this is my love language, God. I want to I be physically healthy, financially 
secure. I want my job. I want to be able to excel at my job. I want my children to never, ever do anything wrong. I want my spouse to always be what I need them to be for me. And if none of that works out, then you're not speaking my love language. And that, that's, a, that's pretty selfish. And yet I find myself in that trap sometimes. Um, here's the good news is it's not about God trying to align with my expectations of his love. It's me aligning myself with who he is as love and realizing that I can live a flourishing life that surpasses all my great expectations when I do that. And I think about like 1 John 4, 9 through 10, it, 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 he's talking about the coming of Christ. And, and John's gospel is interesting. So really, most of the, 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 the nativity story, the birth of Christ story is found in Matthew and, and, and in Luke. Yet John does speak of it, but he does it in this like picturesque type language. And so you got to sort of listen to it and go, okay, I know what he's talking about. 1 John 4, 9 through 10, it says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, he paid the price for our sins. And so it's interesting, you know, people would say, you know, if God really loved me, he would do this. If God really loved me, he would do this. Well, God loved perfectly, and the expression of that love was sending his son with a purpose to die on the cross for our sins, be resurrected for our salvation, prepare a place for us in heaven where he's going to come back and take us home. And really, when you think about it, what better gift can you get? What more loving act can there be to those of us who don't deserve it? And I think that's the other part of the five love languages is, is that, that that's good. It teaches us how to, to know people and love them in a way that will speak to them. But the other part of it is I think we would be more receptive to the love people express us if we first and foremost understood we don't deserve it, right? That, that the love we have for one another isn't a deserved love. It, it, it's a gift given. It's not. So once you expect that love, mm-hmm. you're going to be disappointed, once, especially when you put it in your own little mold of what that, what that has to look like. But when you, when you look at Scripture and get an idea of what scriptural love is, and by the way, we should expect that for one another in Christ. Yeah. In fact, the Word of God says that uh, that they'll know why Jesus came and Jesus' I priestly prayer by the way we love one another. Yes. But it's interesting. That love isn't generic. It means that we'll love one another the way God loves us, which means sometimes speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a culture that says, well, if you love me, you just accept me the way I am. No, no, I love you no matter what you do, but this is the truth, right? And God's Word is filled with truth. People say, well, if God was so loving, you wouldn't have so many do's and don'ts. Well, that's just ridiculous. We, we know what a kid would become if parents had no do's or don'ts. Uh, some of you may be those kids. And, and so the reality of it is uh, the Scripture says that a loving parent disciplines their children. Well, God, through his word, disciplines us and says this is the way to live a life that will, that will honor him. And if you glorify God, you're always blessed and able to bless others. That's just the way, the way it is. Um, but God's love is this, that he sent his son. This is the love he did for us. He died for us so we can have access to God so we can experience the love he has for us. And if there's no... Um, message that I think all of us should embrace in a culture we live in that seems to be so filled with hate right now is that there's a love that we can get from God that transcends our own life and allows us to love others. I mean, to me, that, that's, 
that's just a, a potent reminder. And by the way, I haven't mastered this. I've just mastered understanding how much more I need to be focused on this. <laughs> if I've mastered anything, it, it's that I need to really grow in this area. Um, but but when we do, this expectant love that God has promised us is found in Christ, but it, but it's it, it's so much fuller um, than just the story of Christmas. It's the embodiment of the promise of the of the very presence of God and His love in our life that can flow through those around us. And I don't know. I mean, that just blows that just blows my mind. You know, I grew up in a Christian home, but I never understood that I had access to God's love. I had access to a relationship with Him, and you know, early in my forties, late thirties, I was in a place of just a lot of sin, and I came to realize the immense love that God had for me when I realized that he was actually pursuing me. You know, living in this, living in the desert, right, wandering in the desert for 40-some years, and then just understanding this immense love that he talks about in Scripture. You know, he left the 99 to come after me, to pursue me, you know. And I think one of the verses I always go to, and I will tell anybody that will listen to this verse, uh, Romans 8, 38 and 39, you know, there's nothing that we can do that's going to separate us from the love that God has for us. That verse has brought me so much comfort in the midst of, oh my gosh, I made a bad choice, or oh my gosh, I said something unkind under my breath to the person in front of me in the car, or, you know, like just some of those things. But I just, that really changed my faith relationship when I just understood that there was nothing that I could do that was going to take away the love that God had for me. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. and that's not really, it is true, but not true, right? And so God's consistent in that love. I have to admit, as a parent, I'm not as consistent. Like, I'll always love my kids, but I have punished out of anger. Sure. I have spoken words out of frustration. Mm -hmm. God doesn't do any of those things, you know, and I'm not proud of those moments. It just just reinforces, Wendy, what you were saying, that our our Heavenly Father is a perfect Mm -hmm. Father and loves us perfectly. And And we can expect it. Yeah. And and so I say that even to some who may be listening, who when they think of their earthly father, to think of God as a father is is something hard for them to wrap their mind around because their example was was maybe brings up some pain in their life. And I want to say that, that, you know, that God isn't the father that we necessarily had. And I had a great dad, so I don't mean it that way, but for some of you out there, you know, but, but he's the perfect father. My dad wasn't perfect. I'm not a perfect father either, but but God is, and he's perfect in his love, and that's just extraordinary when we think about it. Yeah, I think um, when we talk about his love and the death on the cross, you know, that's enormous. Again, something that is beyond our complete understanding, but he doesn't stop with that. He walks with us every day every moment. He knew beforehand, today and tomorrow. He's unchanging. So he has known us from the beginning and from our beginning, right? Let's let me let me think that. And um so it it goes it goes and it goes and it goes, you know, and so every day the more that you are in faith and growing your faith, I believe the more you will begin to grasp pieces of that. You know, there's more than we'll ever grasp here on this earth, but we can still continually work at that, you know, and uh, begin to more fully understand. Yeah, and I, you know, I, and I think we get to paradise. I don't know if we'll if we'll totally understand it even then, to be honest with you. I think, I think we'll, there'll be no hindrances, mm-hmm. but the fullness of God, again, I think we'll just be in awe. Mm-hmm. I, I think we'll just be in awe of, of this, this, this radiant love that now is, isn't being, it doesn't have to pierce through the hurts and the pains and all those things that we have in our life. It'll just be this pure understanding that, wow, 
I am loved and I'm not drifting away from that focus, you know, and it, to me, that just blows my mind. You and know? how can you not want everyone to know that? Yes, yes, yes. And experience that. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a friend who's, um, he's really battling cancer and it looks like uh, the Lord's probably going to take him sooner than later. And he, he, his, he said, he says, I look at people and I go, I just want them there with me. Yep. You know, his eyes are on heaven. He's like, I just want him there with me. And and I just, I, I've just been praying since the conversation I had with him about a month ago. Lord, give me those eyes, man. When I walk by, I just want them with me. Why would you not? And then you bring it into the people in your inner circle. How, you know, how could you not, you know, mm-hmm. want them with you? And as we talk about Christmas, you know, I, I just imagine... You know, a child, you know, sort of eagerly awaiting Christmas morning, you know, and they're, they're, they've expressed their wishes and dreams and, and you know, each day leading up to, right? They, they're, they're looking at the Christmas tree and, and, and there's, their eyes just sparkle, you know, with this hope and joy, knowing that something wonderful is coming. They're not sure exactly what it is, but something wonderful is coming. And then that Christmas morning happens and there's presents, right? And it's just, just this moment of, of uh, Christmas ecstasy, right? It's just saying, wow, this is, this is, this is beyond. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the gospel truth is this, just just as a child's excitement is based on the belief that something extraordinary is on the way, our expectant love at Christmas is rooted in the belief that through Jesus, something extraordinary has already arrived, mm-hmm. that something extraordinary has already arrived. It's a love that was born in that stable, um, lived a life of compassion and grace, died on the cross and rose from the grave to offer us eternal hope and salvation. And that the expectant love we experience at Christmas is a reflection of the profound love and joy that comes from knowing Christ. And it's, it's, it's embodied, you know, in, in the embodiment of God's love, who is Jesus, right? And how he's entered our lives. And then, you know, when we think about the fact that this, this, this celebration of the fact the Lord has come, man, may we not forget he's coming back. And, and there's the expectancy we have again, right, of just seeing the Lord face to face and and during this Christmas season, no matter where you find yourself, just the ability to sit back and say, look, I can experience God's love because Christ has come, and I'm going to experience it even more fully when he comes back. And, and that no matter what difficulties we find ourselves, the pain, the heartaches, you know, whatever the hurt, the habit, the hang up, um, that's going to be no more when Jesus returns. And, and so today we get we get a foretaste of that love and, and those sparks of moments where we just understand that he is, he is loving us and loving us and loving us in spite of ourselves, in spite of all these things, but that we are literally going to be um, I don't want to use the word drowning because that's usually a negative word, but but like drowning in the love of God, you know, that the, 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 the sea of God's love is never ending. And and, uh, and he says, come and taste of this, you know, and we taste of it today, but we can expect it in its fullness in the future. And so at Christmas, even in the midst of some dark times, you can have that excitement, that, that anticipated, that expected um, love, uh, expectancy of love that, that's coming. And so I just encourage you, you know, wherever you find yourself, and listening to this podcast in the midst of now, in the midst of this this Advent, this Christmas season, just take some time just to sit back and, and just consider the love of God. Consider the love of God. And let me encourage you, don't, don't paint your own picture of God's love. Explore the Word. Let God's Word show you God's love and what that looks like and what we can expect and what we can stand on those promises. Because I'll hear, and we said it at the beginning, so many people, and I've said it in my own life, if God were love then, and that's because we're, we're painting our picture, and if it's, he's doing anything outside of our picture, 
we're questioning him. We're in the other, the, the reality of it is the word of God's been given to us so we can understand his picture of love and, and realize that it's, it's us who is outside of that framework. It's not him. He, he's perfectly within it. He's going to be faithful and true to those who trust in him. And so embrace God's love. More importantly, focus on Christ and allow his love to embrace you. As always, if we can do anything for you, uh, reach out to us. Um, we want to be a help to you, and you can do that by going to crosswinds.church. You can learn more about this podcast. You can learn more about Crosswinds Church. You can you can certainly uh, communicate with us through our website. Um, we do have services every Sunday, 9, 11 a.m. If you're in the Canandaigua area, the, the Finger Lakes region of New York, uh, come check us out. If you're visiting sometime, come, come over and check us out, especially during this Advent season. Uh, as we, this coming Sunday, uh, if you're listening to this, the, this, the Friday it comes out, uh, we're going to be looking at expectant hope. But throughout the season, we're going to be looking at these expectant uh, areas of, of our Christian walk, hope, love, joy, peace, and of course, Christ himself, which all these things are found in. But for now, as always, uh, be blessed and bless others. Mm-hmm.